Hello, Grounded Spirits. Today, I want you to consider that everything you have ever imagined is 100% real. And I know that sounds like really out there, but think about it. Everything that's considered fiction, so movies, TV shows, books, all of that, had to come from somewhere. So on today's episode, I'm going to dive deep into this topic, and I'm calling it my reality theory. So stay tuned to learn more. All right, so my reality theory. I am super excited to finally share this. Um, But first, I wanted to find what the word theory means. Uh, So I just looked it up in Google, and so here's what it says. A theory is a supposition or a system of ideas intended to explain something, especially one based on general principles independent of the thing to be explained. So for example, Darwin's theory of evolution. So Darwin's theory of evolution is clearly a theory and it has been studied over and over again and so that's why that theory still holds up. Mine is brand new um, and I haven't done experiments like how um, Darwin did. So when he went to the Galapagos, he did all the experiments on the finches and that's how he came up with this theory. For me, I am getting this information um, from just doing research. So I'm gathering a bunch of different data and synthesizing it and that's how I'm creating my theory. So I still feel like it'll hold up because it, like the definition says, a system of ideas intended to explain something. And so that's what I intend to do um, today. So let's begin with defining science. I'm gonna do like a bunch of definitions and then I'll get into like the good stuff. Um, so science, according to Google, science is the intellectual and practical activity encompassing the systematic study of the structure and behavior of the physical and natural world through observation and experiment. And the reason why I brought this up was because it, it, everything's a science, right? Because everything that, all knowledge comes from science is what I'm trying to say. So with this reality theory and saying that like everything is real, uh, everything that we can ever imagine is real, I feel like it is part of science. As it says here, um, the, inte- the intellectual and practical activity. So here's me doing this activity, the intellectual activity, encompassing the systematic study of the structure and behavior of the physical and natural world. So doing all this through observation and experiment. So like I said, I haven't done the experiments, but through observation. And I mean by observation of, yeah, like watching TVs and movies and reading books, but also just the observation of humans and how we interact with each other and how innovative we are. All that's like the observations that that have have helped me come up with this reality theory. And for the last definition, we have the world, uh, word falsifiable. And if you're not in the sciences, you might not know this, um, but that's how science works. <laughs> so it even says it here. All scientific theories are falsifiable. So now let me define it for you. It means able to be proven false. So that sounds like kind of contradictory, right? But here's the thing. Any science experiment, the purpose is to try to prove yourself wrong. 
So that's why we have like the null hypothesis, right? Your hypothesis, like you have to state the negative, even if you as a scientist think that it is going to happen. <laughs> um, you ha- you're trying to prove yourself wrong. And if you... And if you can't prove yourself wrong, then that's how, that's how theories are developed. You see what I'm trying to say? So, um, like the reason we have a theory of evolution is because we don't have any um, data saying that it isn't real. Okay? So stay with me on this. So, when we're talking about fictional things or mythical creatures... Um, we don't have proof that they exist, but we also don't have proof that they don't exist. And so that's why it's, cons- it's part of science. Um, so to my main point, everything in our imagination exists. Whether that be in the past or the future, it will exist. Or has exist. Um, if it didn't, God would not have sent us that message. And so this, like the premise of this reality theory is that our brain really is just a transmitter for the divine to send us messages. That we have no original thought. And I know that that sounds kind of... Um, I guess grim because we can't, we don't have like control over it. But the thing is, is that like the whole reason for us even living is to experience. And that's how God is learning from God <laughs> or from ourselves. So this goes back to my other theory when I, um, in a different episode, not talking about God, the universe and humans, um, that we are a part of God and God is a part of us. But we're just like a small part of, of God. And so, so yeah, like all of these messages will come to us and that doesn't take away from like your individuality, like you're still unique, you're still all these like amazing things, but it's just like the, your experiences lead you to a place. And for me, it's led me to this, um, reality theory for, um, like Elon Musk, it led him to... Uh, create Tesla and PayPal, right? So, like, your different experiences will shape you to create something new. Um, and I feel like God is responsible for that. That God leads us on this path, and that's why everyone says, like, oh, it's God's plan. So, everything is is where it's supposed to be, is what I'm saying. Um, okay, so now with all of that said... Um, we're going to talk about movies. So in movies, let's use like Marvel, for instance. Um, there are so many imaginative worlds that exist within Marvel. So like, I'm using, um, like Guards of the Galaxy, for example, all these different planets, all these different things. You could even use like Star Wars or Star Trek or anything going outward, how did people come up with these different planets or these different things? It comes from your imagination. And imagination is something that's so human, right? And uh, last week I talked about the sacral chakra and 
within the sacral chakra, that's like where your um, imagination thrives, right? That's like where it comes from. Um, and so when your sacral chakra is unblocked, or when it's balanced rather, that's where it thrives. That's what I meant to say. Um, so, yeah, so your imagination, we can think like infinitely, like we can have so many thoughts and have so many um, creative ideas, but that has to come from somewhere. So let me, let me talk about it a little, because I feel like I'm not making too much sense. So, um, let's use colors, for example. So, the colors that we can see are obviously like the colors of the rainbow, red, orange, yellow, gray, blue, purple. And then we can mix these colors and create new colors. And that's how we have like all these colors. And one could say that we have an infinite amount of colors. So like as a web developer, um, you can, or anybody, you can just go to like HTML color codes and you can literally just like put there's six digits and you put a combination of numbers and letters and you'll come up with a new color. But the thing is, is that you could say that it's infinite, but it's a smaller infinite than the divine is. Um, So in like in mathematics, we learn that there are smaller infinities and bigger infinities and all these different things. So... um, Yeah, so with that said, with color, so we have, it could be, you could consider like an infinite, but at the end, um, it's going to be a smaller infinity is the point. So what we can think of is just that, but then there's like a slug um, in the middle of the ocean that can see like all these other colors that we just can't see. So for us as humans, God created us to only be able to see these colors, even though there are there are more colors out there, but we just can't imagine them. All right? So now I'm going to flip that statement. So if there's more out there that we just can't imagine, how is it possible that we can imagine something that doesn't exist? See where I'm going with this? So we... That, that's why I'm saying, like, if we can imagine it then it has to exist because there's already so much out there that exists that we just can't imagine so why wouldn't the things that we can imagine not exist so so leave you with that thought for a second um okay so now going like with the movies so like i said so like marvel or like literally any movie at the end of the movie, and some TV shows I've seen have it too. At the very end, like after the credits, everything, it'll say this. The persons and events in this motion picture are fictitious. Any similarity to actual persons or events is unintentional. And it's like something along those lines, um, just like stating, like just for like copyright issues, right? Because it goes on to say like, this motion picture is protected under the laws, United States and other countries, and then it like goes on to copyright stuff. But they have to put this in here because it's a possibility that something that someone someday could, could be half divine and half human, just like 
um, in the guards of the galaxy, right? So, um, like, yeah, because, like, why else would Guardians of the Galaxy have that at the bottom of it? Because, okay, let me get, like, do, like, the history of it. The reason why they even started putting this in here was because of a film, Rasputin, that they, like, loosely based it off somebody else, and then that person, like, ended up suing, or, like, that person's family ended up suing, and it was, like, this whole big thing in Hollywood. And then, like, there's been, like, other cases, but that's, like, why it started. But if there's no possibility... I don't know why I just keep talking about Guardians of the Galaxy, but Guardians of the Galaxy, like, it's so out there that, like, a talking raccoon, like, really, you know? So, like, if we have, like, why why would they put that at the end of it to cover their basis? Because there is a possibility that it's real or that it could happen. So, crazy. Um... So yeah, uh, now I'm going to get into, like, examples. So let's begin with mythology. So in mythology, like, okay, let's, like, mythical creatures. So we have, like, fairies and dragons and, um, ogres, leprechauns, um, giants like witches warlocks um vampires zombies like all these like mythical creatures and i'm sure there's a million more i just didn't think of them you know okay like like Loch Ness monster um bigfoot right so the abominable snowman i keep thinking of them now um but yeah so we have all these different all these different creatures that we say, like, oh, yeah, that's not real. Like, unicorns, they're not real. Um, but the thing is, is that how come, if I were to ask you right now, what are the characteristics of a leprechaun? You would say a short person, um, a short Irish person um, with... Um, a beard, an orange beard, wearing green with a top hat with a pile of gold, right? Because that's like the stereotypical leprechaun. Or if I were to say, like, what's a unicorn? You would say um, a horse with a horn. Or a vampire, someone who drinks blood. Um, and you could even go into, like, the twilight, like, they have, like, the iridescent skin and they're pale, and they're cold, and, um, and they, they don't like garlic, and they can't see themselves in the mirror, like, um, mom's got a date with a vampire, um, so you have all these different, like, movies, uh, or growing up, I used to read Search to Freak, and I loved those books, so good, um, and, and so, yeah, so we have, as a, hu- as a, as humans, we have these, um, already, like stereotypes of these different creatures or like fairies that have wings and then are like Tinkerbell that she has like the magic dust right so we, we have these these things that we already have as a collective because the thing is if you went to a different country they would know the same things about a vampire or zombie or whatever right so how does that happen and yes you could say oh because of um movies and stuff 
And yeah, that could definitely be a reason why. But, and I actually really love this about Twilight. Um, I know I'm like super late to the party, but I just watched, and I still haven't watched the very last one, but I just watched like the first four. And I love how in the first movie, Bella goes into like this intense search and she found that vampires come, like they're like the, the stories come from all different cultures all over the world. And so it just like goes to show that like it has to be real. If different cultures are, are saying the same thing, it has to be real. And I just saw this um, YouTube video where they talk about like the importance of the number um, 432. And it's crazy because they talk about all the different civilizations. Like they talk about like Mesopotamia, they talk about the Aztecs, they talk about the Egyptians and that they all had um, like reasons why this, this number was sacred or like in Greece too, like Pythagoras, like why this number like is like the number of the universe to like unlock something. Right. So like, that's what I find like so interesting that if we see this from all different um, cultures, like people who haven't even talked to each other and they have the same idea, like how is that possible? It has to come from God. Like it has to come from like divine intervention, like putting it in your head because your brain is that transmitter. Like there's like literally no other explanation. If you've never talked to somebody and you have the same idea, and that's how you know it's real so crazy all right so um similar to what bella did um i did that with dragons and so what's so crazy is that just looking up dragons um, like in google we're going to see the way that you would think about it so if you just like, take a second to think about what a dragon is you would think um like a long body with scales um, and wings, um, and that breeds fire, right? Um, you might even think that it's, like, protecting, um, like, a cave or a castle, and which is really interesting, um, because the word dragon comes from, um, the Greek word, the ancient Greek word, draconta, and that means to watch. So, like, that's how this all came. So, to watch. So, it could be, like, that the dragons are watching over something, like a dragon or a cave or whatever. Or it could be that you want to watch the dragons because they're just so beautiful and you're so in awe. Like, if they breathe fire um, or if they're able to fly. And... Um, let's like I was saying earlier, like it's so crazy that from all these different cultures, so you have like ancient China, the Aztecs, ancient India, um, and even like the medieval period in um in Europe, they all have dragons in common and they're all pretty similar too. So in Aztec um culture, they the dragons are called feathered spirit um serpents feathered serpents and in 
ancient China, they are regarded as um, flying serpents. So you have like these similar things. And then when you look at the picture, like it is absolutely crazy, like how similar it is. Like, of course, this will be on the website. Um, But they look so similar. They both have like the same like little arch in the back of their of their head. They both have like the same um, like serpent like tail. Um, But yeah, it's just it's uncanny like how similar these two look even though these like the pictures that I put on they were created on the opposite sides of the world and at different time periods so crazy and then we move to um it's like the renaissance period with Paolo Uccello in 1470 his painting Saint George and the Dragon and the dragon looks so similar again. Like, the head is the same. The body is similar. The only thing that's different about this one, this dragon, is that it has wings and it has feet. But I feel like that's, like, kind of, like, what happens um, when, like, stories get told over and over and over again. Like, um, a feathered serpent. Like, how can a... How can, so, when you say a feathered serpent, it's, like... So, you're thinking it has wings because it has feathers, you know? Or a flying serpent that doesn't say how they fly. So I think that the more that we think about things, then we like add things to it. Or you never know. We have evolution and after a couple of centuries, dragons might have grown um, wings. You know, we have we have no idea. Um, And so. So with dragons, like maybe you're thinking, well, if they were real, we would have fossils. But the thing is, is that things that are fossilized have to be... Like, it takes a lot for something to become a fossil. Like, it has to be in, like, the perfect conditions. And, like, in Canada, like, maybe a month ago, they said they found, like, um, a frozen dragon in um, one of the glaciers in Canada... Um, and I don't, like, they use the word dragon because it maybe, like, looks similar, but that was probably a dinosaur from a long, long time ago. But, to be honest, I haven't looked into it, so it could be. Um, but yeah, so, yeah, so it takes a lot for, for something to become a fossil, but because you don't know what these were made of. If they're able to fly, maybe they were made of cartilage so that they could, so that they could be able to, like, take off, you know? And cartilage wouldn't have fossilized, is the point of that. But what I'm trying to say is that, again, like, if these two, like, three different cultures who have never talked to each other have the same thing um, and describe them to be similar and have, like, then they draw them, like, the, the, art, the art is similar, there's probably real. So... Yeah, it's just so crazy. Um, But then, of course, like, now we have, like, how to train your dragon and all these different things. And now we have, like, our own stereotype. But if you look at film, everything is stereotyped. Like, even people are stereotyped, you know? Like, when you think of, like, a Mexican in film, like, now, good thing, things are changing. Like, we have, like, Jane the Virgin and things like that. But, like, before, let's say, before 2010, before that... 
and you thought about like a Mexican on TV, you would think of um, like a cholo or a chola, right? Um, and so I'm really glad things are changing now because like I am Mexican and like I'm all about like Latinx pride and everything like that. But the point is, is that Hollywood stereotypes. So everything in Hollywood is stereotyped, it's exaggerated, um, but the essence of the story is true. Um, so like with dragons, they, they probably did breathe fire and that's how we see this now. Like that's one of like the common traits. Um, and they probably did fly and how they flew, that's, we don't know, but dragons did exist. Um, and so, you know, I'm thinking like, Hey, well, what about everything else? Okay. So if dragons exist, but what about like giants? Well, with Giants, um, I don't know if anybody watches the show. It's an anime. And to be honest, like, this is the first anime I've ever watched. But I got super into it. It's called Seven Deadly Sins. And the reason I started watching it was because I thought that it was going to be, like, about, like, Christianity. It would help me with, like, my spiritual awakening journey. But it wasn't. It had nothing to do with it. But it was still such an amazing show. And so in Seven Deadly Sins, like, we have... um, giants, fairies, um, humans, the goddess race, and the demon race, and they all live in Britannia, um, which is, like, England, and it's actually really cool because they have, like, King Arthur, um, and they have, like, Merlin, and you have, like, this new, like, um, like, twist to them, but it's really cool because they do follow a lot of the same mythology, um, but what I'm trying to say is that humans, like, literally slaughtered all the other races, and so, like, a lot of them went into hiding. Well, all of them had to go into hiding. So, like, the fairy king took his people and hid them. And then um, the giants, the ones who were left, went into hiding. And so that's why we have, like, um, the abominable snowman or, like, Bigfoot. Um, and so, like, we still, like, there's still, like, people trying to, like, find these creatures. And what's also really cool is that in Seven Deadly Sins, they talk about how, like, um, fairies and giants, they have, like, super long lifespans. So it is possible that they could still be living out there. Um, and then, so yeah, so, like, that's, like, for those. But then, like, also, like, with fairies, like, we have, like, Tinkerbell. And then um, even, like, in the Netflix movie Eurovision um, with, like, Rachel McAdams, she always goes to the elves. So the elves could have come from... Um, like, could be, like, distant cousins to the fairies, right? And, like, even in that, in the book, Mastering Witchcraft, they talk about how Merlin came from elves. Uh, so it's really interesting, like, how all these different things can come together and be the truth. Um, there's a picture where it's, like, a shape and different light is coming to it, so it's projecting different shadows. And the thing is, is that people are arguing, like, oh, like, this is for sure a star, but this is for, sh- and then other people are like, no, it's for sure a square. And it's like all these different shapes. But the thing is that they're all true. They're just seeing it from a different perspective. And so I feel like that's like the essence of this reality theory that everything that you've ever heard of is true, but it's like a piece of the puzzle. Um, so what I would think is super interesting to do is to look at all of these different um like mytholo- mythological creatures um or even just like 
just any kind of story that you've heard and then understand it. Like once once upon a time, um, that show on ABC does a really good job of looking at the Disney characters and see and seeing them through new eyes, giving them full personalities instead of like the Disney movies that you just see like oh well like a, a like they have like a very one dimensional personality and so I really like once because they talk about um like their backstories and like their motivations and like all these different things that Disney movies just don't don't do. Um um but with that said with Disney the movie Onward this movie <laughs> to be honest, I didn't really like it that much, but I did like the way that they talked about how, like, as um, as we move through time, a lot of um, creatures wanted to assimilate, and so they left behind their traditions, and I feel like that's such... Um, has such a parallel to like American society like we all come from different cultures but then we try to come here or we come here and then we try to assimilate and just become like whitewashed right so like we lose our identities and so in Onward they forgot that they had magic and so that's what they go this whole big thing like with to find their dad and things but um like with magic that's why I feel that like a hundred percent witches exist, and I'm that's why I call myself a witch because I really do feel that I have these these powers um, that are just I just haven't unlocked them yet, and so then that brings me to um, like Wizards of Waverly Place or like Sabrina the Teenage Witch, and you see that these characters they don't like if they if they didn't they all have to or even like Harry Potter they all have to go to school to learn these spells like for nobody does it come naturally like yeah like Sabrina like she like the first episode she's like levitating her sleep but she doesn't realize it because it's a power within her that she doesn't know and so she has to go through all these tests and be quizzed by the quiz master and all these things and then like with wizards there's all of that um that like they go through their lessons with their dad and then they have like the family competition so so yeah but the point is is that we all know about the witch hunts and so if you have this special power but other people are going to bring you down a lot of times especially in those time periods they're like hey like I just want to assimilate I just want to be normal I don't want to do this and and like, even like in Sabrina and and wizards they they still have to hide it from the world. They don't want anybody to know. And it's like a family secret. Like no one can know because they feel like they're going to be persecuted. And so I feel like that's what's like really wrong with the world is that we just want to persecute everybody when everybody's an individual and everybody has their own God-given gifts. And we just really need to like embrace those gifts. So, so yeah, um, that's why I think like that's how that's why we are where we are now and we don't have like all these mythological creatures so now we think that oh it's not real when in fact it's a hundred percent real um and then of course Hollywood goes in and like exaggerates everything and like 
paints witches with like warts and makes them really ugly and like has like all these spells and they're like it's like dark magic and it's like really bad for you and like it's from the devil like anything that anybody doesn't like like oh it's from the devil don't like that but it's like no like there's literally nothing on this in this universe that is inherently evil like even like you have like the yin and yang like you have like the good side and the bad side even the bad side still has that good so, like, even the devil has good in him. And then, like, that's pre- represented in Lucifer. Like, that, I love that show how it's, like, the devil is literally in therapy trying to understand himself. So, it's just, it's so cool how this all, like, comes together. And um, along with all of this, so we have, um, like, Avatar The Last Airbender, and the legend of Korra. So for those who haven't seen it yet, which you need to get on this like ASAP, they're both on Netflix. Awesome. Um, the legend of Korra is 70 years after Avatar The Last Airbender and they're both real. So hear me out. And this is all just gonna like wrap up together so nicely. I'm super excited. Um, so they're both real, but obviously it didn't happen like in the late 1800s and early 1900s as, as they are um, portrayed in, like, in the show. Um, like, that's what I'm saying. Like, with Hollywood, like, they just exaggerated things or, like, they change, like, little bits and pieces because they want it to be marketable because in this society, everything's about money, right? Um, but by doing that, it's kind of like a game of telephone. So, like, they have the truth. So, like, the story has, like, the essence of truth but then when it's told over and over and over again, like little like tweaks here, tweaks there, it ends up kind of changing, but the essence is still true. And so that's like uh, like another piece of like, like my reality theory is that everything is real. It just might not be the way that you think it. Um, so, so yeah, because like I said, every, everything, everyone's trying to like demonize things and make things bad. Like there has to be a good guy. There has to be a bad guy. So even like Fire Lord, um, the Fire Lord, like in, um, Avatar, the Fire Lord who, um, went against Roku, he, like who started like the hundred year war, he didn't do it to be like, oh, I just want to like suppress all these people. Like he literally had like good intentions. He was like, we're doing so good in the Fire Nation. Like, I want to spread this goodness. But he just didn't see all, like, the, how bad that could happen. But if you believe in God's plan, like, I feel like it had to have happened because watch this. Um, so in that time, everybody was, like, in their own tribe, right? So one of the four tribes, we were either in Fire Nation water nation, air nation, or earth nation. Um, but because of that 100-year war and the airbenders were wiped out because they were trying to destroy the Avatar, but of course the Avatar still happened. Like, um, Aang still survived. Um, he had no one left to marry but somebody from the water tribe, right? So, um, oh, this is like a high-key spoiler alert. Oof. Okay, I'll, I'll make sure to put that at the beginning. Um, but yeah, so he ended up with Katara, and Katara's water nation. And so they had three kids. They had um, 
one who was an airbender, one who was a waterbender, and one who wasn't anything until he, later in life when he became an airbender. Um, and so the point is that people started coming together because of this hundred year war, people had to immigrate to different places. And so, um, in Legend of Korra, we have Mako and Bolin and they had an earth nation father and a fire nation mother. And so that's how Mako became a firebender and Bolin became an earth earthbender. But what happens when they have kids? So at the end of Legend of Korra, Bolin was with Opal. So let's say that they do get married. Opal was an airbender, but she was from the Earth Nation. Or metal, same thing, right? (laughs) So when they have kids, it could be that some of them will be earthbenders and some of them will be airbenders, just like Aang Katara's kids. But the difference is, is that Katara and Aang were like purely water nation and purely air nation whereas bolin and opal they're both mixtures even though opal like genetically she's just earth nation but she still was given this power of of air so that will be passed down um and with and with bolin even though he himself is an earth slash lava bender those could be passed down but he still has some fire nation in him so it could be genetically speaking it could be possible that he would have a fire nation kid and then those kids have kids with other people who are mixed and that's how we all come together right so over centuries of this happening uh, more and more people could have started to have more than one ability and so fast forward several centuries people could start to bend all four elements. So I don't really know what that means, like as far as like the avatar, like who is like that one person to do all of this, but that could explain why we don't have an avatar today. Because if it happened for centuries and centuries, or it could be that we don't have an avatar today and that's why everything is so out of balance. Um, But what I find so interesting is in... TV shows like Wizards of Waverly Place and Sabrina the Teenage Witch, they have to learn to bend all four elements, that they have it inside of themselves. Like that was like one of Sabrina's tests that she had to learn how to do all four. And like for Wizards, the family competition at the end, they could only use the four elements. So crazy, right? How everything comes together. Everything is connected. Like as I feel like that's like my one, that's like my motto. Like, literally everything is connected. Um, But yeah, it just goes to show that, like, everything, everything is real. Um, Like, everything has to come from somewhere and that somewhere is God because God is the only um, being that can create something out of nothing. Everything else, we're just building upon other people's ideas. So, if... Like, if you were to write the 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 next best fiction um, novel, that had to come from somewhere. That had to come from your experiences, or had to come from somebody you know experiences. You know what I mean? Like everything has to come from somewhere, and that's why I feel that everything is real. Anything you can possibly imagine is one hundred percent real. So, 
so yeah let me know what you think um if you want to like pick my brain I would love that you could be like well what about this or what about that because clearly like I'm one person and so I can't like research everything um but but yeah I would love to have a conversation with you um so it could be um you could dm me on instagram or email me uh have like the comment like the form on my on my website um I'm not going to put like every single tv show reference that I talked about because I talked about a lot on the website but I'll definitely put the pictures of uh of the dragons and I'll definitely um put like a some of the other things that I talked about um but yeah let me know what you think and and yeah I will see you next week